You're listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Detroit Red Wings are pleased to select from the Chilliwack Chiefs of the BC Hockey League, Dennis Chilowski. Detroit Red Wings select from Halifax of the Canadian Hockey League, Philip Zadina. Detroit Red Wings are proud to select from Drummondville, Joe Valeno. Through the middle, he's got the legs pumping. Good. Here comes Athanasiu, drags it back. Oh, Wait, oh, oh, yes, yes. And he'll get it! Beauty! By Andreas! Lark! Larkin's away! Play onside! Pesca! Welcome into Spinning the Wheels here on Sports Radio Detroit. I'm Jason Pinkham, and I'm here today with goalie man Justin Freebairn and Lauren Allred. And we're here today to discuss the last two weeks of Red Wings hockey with an alarming set of results, including a three-game winning streak, question mark? Uh, before we get started, Justin, how are you? Despite, besides late. Um, yeah, you can... Um <laughs> Go drink some rat poison. Family friendly show. Care. Good job. Good job. Good job. <laughs> but other than that, I'm fine. Thank you. How about you, Lauren? Doing great. Doing great. How did you enjoy the winning streak? I did. I, I was pleasantly surprised, and I think I was the only one that anticipated them to do half as well as they did. So I was. I was very happy. Well, to anyone who listened to uh, Pucking Around last week, I actually called. Uh, last Sunday's game against Dallas, I called that Dallas's uh, free bingo space uh, of a win, and they turned out to lose uh, for some reason. Uh, much like Columbus, again, it, it, these are teams that not only did I anticipate them to win against, I didn't think they had a shot in hell, like at all. Yeah. Like Dallas, again, Ben Bishop's not the best. I've said it before on numerous shows. I, I didn't think Ben Bishop is the solution for that team, you know, but I, it, it doesn't mean their offensive prowess is anything other than stellar. And to only score two against this team, that doesn't make any sense to me. But anyways, okay, so before we start breaking down game piece by piece, you know, Justin, you you, you texted me on, I want to say Friday this week, uh, saying, great, a three-game winning streak when they didn't need it. You know, what is what is your stance on that in regards to, you know, trying to be optimistic? You know, how do you feel about, like, going on these winning streaks, like, do you think there should be a few of these in isolated, you know, chunks, or do you think this should be something that they avoid explicitly? Um, no, I think it. I think it's a good thing ultimately. Um, I'm not. I mean, I'm not a fan of more wins because you. I mean, everybody knows my feeling about this uh, rebuild and chances for um, some certain player. Um, anyways, uh, it's it's good because the team is still young or it's getting younger and these players are learning how to win and learn how to play. And I think anytime you can rack up three in a row, it's like a good, uh, it's a good little confidence booster and it kind of teaches you the ways of winning. Um, but uh, honestly, um, I, I, I actually, you were speaking of the Dallas game and I read a quote by, uh, Ben Bishop. He said that they kind of played down to the Red Wings level, which was like the ultimate insult. But I mean, it's true. I oh. think, I think, I mean, I think that the teams, I think the teams that come in here are they're gonna they're gonna do that. I mean, they're gonna expect an easy win because they're the Red Wings are awful and they might just surprise some teams just because they're kind of not expecting it or not expecting a good compete level at least. 
Lauren, what's your reaction to the comment, you know, played down to the Red Wings level? And then also, what was your reaction to, you know, how do you believe this team should conduct itself in regards to, oh, we're getting on a hot streak. Mm -hmm. Should we try to maintain that or should we try to maintain our draft position? You know, how much do you want to commit to how much would you prefer to see the team commit to losing? So first with Ben Bishop's quote, um, kind of torn on that because Ben Bishop is kind of like always had his way with us. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I and I've always I've always kind of liked Ben Bishop. I think I think he's a I think he's a good goaltender. Um I like his size, I like his skill, and he's always fared pretty well against us. Um I think it was kind of rude of him to say, but it was justified. And I will take a win anywhere we can get a win because I know that we're not going to come by them as frequently as I would like us to. So anywhere we can get one, we should take it. I think it's good for development. I want the youth to see us win, but I don't want them to get that like naive mindset and think like, oh, we can do this. We can contend. You know, I, I don't want them to start thinking outside of their their skill set. But I do like to see them win. I like to see them happy because I think for somebody of of that age those you know early 20s I think winning is important and um knowing how to win and knowing how to win like with grace and not get your head up your butt is is also a good thing so I I don't embrace the tank I don't lose for cues I don't do any of that but I I will take a win wherever I can get it Justin as the full bore spinning the wheels lose for Hughes representative do you want to rebuff that before I move on um yeah, uh, I'm not going to call you an idiot, but that's not that's you need in this league. You have to have a superstar, and the only way to get superstars when you're an awful team is to lose and consistently draft high until you get a generational talent or two. How'd that work out for Buffalo? Uh, there's a okay, <laughs> yeah, but how did it also work out for Pittsburgh and Washington and Tampa Bay and all and, and Chicago Vancouver and all these teams and that, Edmonton and Buffalo <laughs> and Columbus. I'm just saying there's, the, there's an answer for each side. I agree with no, both of you. That's it's, the point. I'm, no, I'm but just the team, I'm, I'm mediating. Okay, but I know, but the team. Okay, you have to tank. You have to get a generational talent, but your 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 team management also has to be competent enough to put the rest of the pieces together. I mean, of it's course, not, but but at what point at what point do you sacrifice seventy percent of your team's learning? And, and them learning how to play good hockey just so you could get one player. Did, yeah. like at what point do you say, like, we don't want our team, our current roster to sacrifice and not learn how to play hockey in the NHL just so we could potentially have a, what, 19 to 22% chance of getting a guy who could be or could not be a generational player? Um, generally, okay, first of all, there's two, there's two points that I want to address there. The, the first point, generally, the generational talents are widely regarded and widely, re- I mean, they're widely regarded by scouts as generational talents and they 99 out of 100 times pan out as generational talents. And B, uh, the, to, to your other point, they do, they learn by doing, uh, you, I mean, everybody knew this team was going to be bad. And you just throw them out there and let them play. And they're going to learn. They're going to learn that it's a fast and league. It's a hard that's, league. It's not like any league that they've ever played in. It's That's not what I'm... Hold on. Hold on. She's not that, arguing. That's not that's what not I'm arguing. I'm, d- I'm debating when you 
when you would tell a team to tank. No, they're not. Okay, I'm okay. I'm not saying that they're going to tell them to tank. I'm saying that you need to play the kids or you need to play the players who you think are part of the future more than you need to play the players that aren't part of the future. So that way they can learn, they can play, and they're going to lose. And that's part of the tanking process. No, no team, no organization, no management group is ever going to admit to the public that they're tanking. They're not going to. That's just of course. That's like of course. That's like organizational suicide. But but they're gonna but they're gonna tell their players behind closed doors. No, they're not. Eh, maybe don't do that. No, they're not gonna do that either. Because everybody's. I mean, you're dealing with a bunch of grown men who have compete. They have. They have. I mean, they have a desire to win. But I mean, I'm sure that there's no secret that the talent level is not the greatest you know so if you show me three men who are 21 22 23 and are grown men i will eat my words but those kids are they're they're children they're kids still they don't know how to play the game when you when they're they're competing for a roster spot they're competing for a job and a contract they're gonna listen to what they're told to do uh, I don't think I, I I don't agree with you there. Yeah, you're right. They may not be grown men because Do you agree I, with me on anything. <laughs> uh, not much, but <laughs> I, 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 I don't I, I agree with you that they're not grown men. But I do. That wasn't my point. My point was that they have um, they have a desire to play hard and win. They like to win because nobody I challenge you to find somebody who likes losing. So. That was, I don't know that, that I debated that at all, but I, I'm just saying that I embrace every win that we can possibly get. That's the debate I'm trying to get to for both of you. You both got way off topic. I want to get back to the main point. The question on the table is, what is your, as a fan, reaction to win streaks? Her reaction is positivity. What is your reaction? I told you that. I just told you. I said, I, you, did you not hear me? I said, it's good oh, for I the I heard team. you. I'm just getting it back. Okay. <laughs> well, no, it's it's good for the young players. four minutes ago. It's good for the young players to learn and you know, uh, learn what it's like to win a few games and then they lose a few games because they got away from what they were doing when they won. You know, I mean, it's, it's, and especially with the, with, with the team that's largely, you know, built upon the youth. I mean, you know, your top six forwards are all, you know, under 25 for the most part outside of, you know, Vanek and eh, if you want to call Nielsen, one of them, but, um, I, <laughs> debatable. I, that's the, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but, I just, I think, I think it is, it's good. It's, and it's fun for the fans to see wins too. Cause you know, nobody likes this bleak, you know, this bleak rebuild that we're in. Nobody likes it. I mean, as a, as a fan, I don't like it, but I, you know, I, I embrace it because they need to lose. You need to have the best shot you can to make your team better. And that's by losing and losing hard. All right. That succinctly ends that debate. I want to. I want to use because unless you feel you need to speak, because you you made your point pretty clear too. Uh, I want to use this time to talk about a player that I think is actually having a low key pretty great season, uh, and it's not not because of anything he's doing, but I mean his greatness is because of what he's doing. But it's low key because he's being so outshined by you know the likes of you know Larkins and. To some extent, you know, Mantha's Follies and, you know, Rasmussen getting off the schneid. But Gus Nyquist is clipping at nearly a point-per-game pace, which is something he has not done at any point in his career. You know, this is a guy who has, up to this point, 258, 258 points in 433 games. So he's, you know, a point every other game. But to see him putting up 12 and 14 with only a minus 5 on a team that is, as a whole... 
currently sitting at a minus 15. That that's impressive. That's impressive. Like, you know, the question I have, you know, Justin, you theorized and Lauren, you, we didn't really get your opinion at the time because I don't think you were part on the show yet. Is he playing for a contract or a trade or is this just who he is now that he doesn't have Tatar there to outshine him? Is it just, you know, Big Fish Little Pond situation? You know, where do you stand on this? What do you think it is? I think he's playing for fun. Um, Obviously, like a contract comes in play and he's like, heck yeah, I'm playing well. It's contract season. I'm sure that there's some motivation behind that. But I think he is, I, I think maybe the expectations for him kind of tapered off. So he was kind of just like settling into his groove and like finding his way to do what he does and not being forced to to be the star because like like we talked about on last show him and Tatar were like the next thing yeah. you know they were the coming it was like Nyquist Tatar baby dad's baby Z yeah yeah and and so I think that once again because he's um a very very young adult and his brain hasn't quite matured he's um, twenty nine yeah your brain doesn't really mature until you're like twenty five when you're a guy so, um, so um, you know just yeah just okay. um just you know some back kind of our last argument but um I think that he doesn't have all those people saying like you need to do good you need to do good and all that pressure so he's kind of just like settled into his ways like I said I'm sure um he's playing for all those things a contract and maybe a trade probably playing just to have fun though I like what he's doing I like it I'm kind of I think I was texting you the other night I was like look at that play by Nyquist like that was good I was impressed it was a smart hockey play yeah, he's on pace for 75 points right now. And this is a guy who hasn't eclipsed 55 in a career. Rip. So, go on. No, no, no. Just, just say things. Explain. Go ahead. I want your answer to the same question. You know, do you think he's just, you know, yes. pushing for yes. for money or a yes. trade? Which one? Yes. Just all of them. You uh, think yes. he's just trying to get out of here? I mean, or I, don't, just trying to get I, I don't necessarily think he's trying for the trade. I mean, I don't think anybody who's been with an, or- an organization for so long, like, wants to move Ten to, years, yeah. wants to uproot and, you know, uproot their life and, you know, start over. But at the same point in time, I'm sure he wants to win, but he's also playing for that contract right now. I mean, it, you see it all the time. It's classic. It's classic in sports. He's got a little, he's got extra jump in his step. He's He's been really hard on the forecheck, and he's been a lot better with the puck than he has in years past. So uh, it's definitely one of those, I mean, I, I like I said, not to sound cliche, but this is definitely a contract year performance here. So you think it's just that simple? He's just trying to get paid. I mean, are you not trying to get paid? No, I'm not saying that. I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of, again, I'm, the reason I ask these questions is because I know that you guys are going to be on opposite sides of it and I can kind of play the middle because I actually genuinely think it's kind of both. I think... He knows that if he plays as good as he can, he's going to get at or near or maybe on a slim chance above his current $4.75 million salary. But I also think that with the stress of, you know, needing to make the playoffs, needing to keep up with Tatar or needing to keep up with Zetterberg or needing to be the new you know wave of leadership on a championship caliber team with all that gone. I think just a naturally skilled player who was a third round pick when he was drafted is going to thrive in that environment because he can just be, you know, middling. And on this team, middling is as God level. Like if you're just kind of okay, you're better than most of this team. So I think it's kind of both. I think he is aware of the money issue because he's not dumb. You you don't get to a decade in the NHL 
by not being aware that you need to make money and you need to earn your money. But I also think that, again, with all that stress gone, I mean, we all do our best work when the stress is off. You, you do you do good work when the stress is on. You probably do more work when the stress is on. But when the stress is off, your you quality. do your best work. What? You do your qual your quality of yeah. work tends to go up. Absolutely. Like the start of a shift in a factory, you know, you, you just you get better quality parts than the end of the day. So it I think that it might kind of be both of your guys' opinions. That's just my stance. Does anybody want to disagree with that before I move on, by the way? Not really. Cool. Uh, I want to jump to a topic that has kind of it okay again i'm playing the middle role in this because i know you're for it you hate it and i'm in the middle it's kind of just annoying me this dylan larkin is the greatest thing ever every single game every single intermission every single gap in time it's like have it's like a national broadcast of a monday night football lions game hearing that matthew stafford is friends with clayton kershaw like <laughs> i i'm really kind of getting tired i'm not i'm not it does it's not like i'm screaming about it but it, it, it's something I'm starting to notice now where it's like, so we're going to do this every single gap in play, are we? And, you know, I'm going to give Lauren the ground on this one because she brought it up before we started. She brought it up last night. She brought it up the night before. Mm-hmm. She's brought it up every the time Columbus they played, game, yeah. every time we talked about it. So I give you the floor to t- present the topic from your perspective and then let Justin refute it. Oh, it's so annoying. Discuss it. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. And I'm very loyal. Why is it and, annoying, and- I love Fox Sports Detroit and mm. I love the broadcasting. Um, but every other word is Dylan Larkin. It's like here, we were just joking about this. The Columbus game. Oh, look, there's a pass from Zach Wierenski, Dylan Larkin's friend. Did you know that they go to dinner together? They probably let each other's dogs out. Their parents are friends. Oh, look, here's Dylan having dinner with Mr. and Mrs. Wierenski. It's, and they actually, they played the same clip the other night that they played the first time we played Columbus with him out to dinner with Zach and his parents. And it's like, then they show the images of him in the basement playing hockey. Like it's, it's just, it's all about Larkin and that's great. I'm glad that like we have something to cling on to, but my God, everything after the Columbus game, that's all they were talking about the next game because of how well he played and he had a phenomenal game, but my goodness. Then he was a minus three the next game, and they were still like, Dylan Larkin is phenomenal. And I was just, I literally had to turn my TV down because all they were saying was Dylan Larkin. <laughs> he has currently, well, since the last time we recorded, he has the second most ice time on the team. His ice time, what was his ice time for um, <laughs> last night's game? I can't do individual game? games. I don't have individual Because it was, I remember, like, I think at the end of the second, it was only at 10-something, mm-hmm. closer to 11, um, and he was a minus three. So he didn't have a great game, but it was still, it's just like, Dylan Larkin, Dylan Larkin, Dylan Larkin. He is the next coming. To point of fact, by the way, since we've last recorded, only Mike Green has more time on ice than Dylan Larkin. Dylan Larkin has 20.59. Mike Green has 21.18. No one else is at 20. No one else has 20 minutes on this team. Top to bottom, not Trevor Daly, not Cromwell, not DeKaiser, not Erickson, no defenseman. The next highest is Dennis Chalowski has 19.53, which is a steep drop from the last time we talked about him. But, you know, Justin, where do you stand on this? Because, I mean, I don't know if you get the Fox Sports broadcasts in Indianapolis. I don't know how you're watching these games. But are you noticing, like, the constant forcing down our throats of Dylan Largan. I've been really, really busy this, the past couple of weeks, so I haven't got to watch mm-hmm. a lot of them. She's so um, watching recaps. Oh, no, I, I've been, I watch a period here, a period there, or whenever I can. Um, but 
Listen, I, I okay. Yeah, it might be annoying, but you guys you guys realize that th- this team is in a mode right now where there's not much good to talk about. I mean, of course the broadcasters are going to pimp him out because he's just about the only bright spot outside of, you know, Athanasiu and and Chalowski that this team has to talk about. And as far as the Chalowski minutes dropping, yeah, all the all the veterans came back, so obviously the water was going to, you know, find its level there. But um Dude, they can talk about Larkin all they want. Dude's legit. I mean, it, it, there were questions in the offseason whether or not he would be able to s- improve his game playing against other teams' top lines. And so far, I know we got a small sample size, but it's uh, he's proven that he can. He has stepped up, and he has been – he's been great. And, Lauren, yeah, he was a minus three – Anybody's going to get outshined by McDavid. I mean, unless you're Crosby or Ovechkin, you're going to get outshined by McDavid. I'm not saying that Larkin is Crosby on that plane. Crosby made McDavid look like a fool the other night, but go ahead. Sorry. But I'm, I'm okay. I, you know, but what I'm saying is I'm not saying that Larkin is on McDavid's skill level. He's not, and he never will be. But for what this team is and for what we have going on, he is I, he, he's the best player on the team, hands down. Uh, and I challenge you to, I mean, I challenge you to argue that. Did I, did I ever say I was arguing that? No. No, I don't think, it is a small sample size, like you said, but no, no, I don't, don't think I was uh, arguing it. I was just saying that the commentary along with the game is really annoying. I, I mean. Because <laughs> I would like to hear about anything else. Actually, in my, in my view on that tends to be a little bit more um, one-sided in that I would like to hear no commentary and I would just like to hear on ice sounds the entire game. God, wouldn't that be nice? That yeah. would be. I would pay extra money to have that. But I'm not arguing that he is the best player on the team. I'm just, just simply stating that the commentary about him for 90 percent of the broadcast is very annoying. The well, commentary. Go ahead, Jess. I mean, there. It's a. It, the Red Wings largely have a, a a factor in what those guys say, and I'm sure they're telling them to pimp Larkin as much as they can because there's literally nothing else on this team to talk about. I mean, yeah, Chalowski's great, or has been great so far, and, you know, what what else is there really to talk about? Tyler Bertuzzi. I'd like to hear about him a little bit. Maybe his uncle and him, you know? like Michael like, Rasmussen. That's like, Gus Nyquist, who they literally have not spoke about I, all season, I, who has, like, second most points in this team. Yeah, because, like, surprise, Gus Nyquist is going to be gone at the trade deadline. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I don't know. With Glenn Denning winning 50% of his face-offs. That's nah, what we're talking about. Shut it. You know, you, I'm going to pretend. I'm just going to pretend you didn't say team. that. <laughs> you just. But I'm just I, you know what, like, Justin? I'm with you. Screw you. <laughs> Larkin, <laughs> Larkin, 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 Larkin. Let's, uh, let's, saying, let's bring need, up that Steve Ott rehash. If you Really? Don't. We we mended our fences, sir. Actually, no. I will stand my ground on Steve Ott. Stop it. I wasn't aware. No, we're not here to fight. Stop it, everybody. Mostly him. Thanks thanks for your support, Justin. I, I really appreciate it. Jerk, um, jerk, jerk. All I'm literally saying is if you need a 30-second filler, you can talk about something other than the Larkin story about him and Wierenski that you talked about the last time we played Columbus. That's a valid point. That, that's the part that annoys me a little bit. Is okay. It, it is every gap in time. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Well, let me ask you this. Are we, are, are we here talking about the Red Wings or are we talking about the broadcasters? Come on. Really, kind of in, both. The, in the grand because, right, scheme well, of things, well, because, do you really care look, about that? Dude, 
I care because we can't do 26 shows a year talking about just hockey. We have to talk about around hockey when your team sucks. <laughs> like, your team our team kind of sucks. They're kind of awful. Actually, yeah, I kind of embrace talking about multiple so facets So we talk around the them team. a little bit. We can talk about around them. We can talk about the other players on the team. Like, I got bit in the ass the other night, by the way, because there was a point. What game was it that I was texting you? Columbus? About Abby? Yes. That text about Abdicator. Abdicator yeah. came back to just metaphorically punch me square in the balls because there was two periods, or there, it was in this, I believe it was in the second period. Um, no, I think it was later. Was it the third period? Okay. I'm trying to find Where it. I pointed out, I think I texted you too, Justin, because I was pointing out that he was playing both power play and shorthanded minutes, and I didn't think he was doing particularly well at either one. And then he promptly scored a shorthanded goal. Yeah, it was 9.45 like, oh, at night, great. so it was probably towards the end of the yeah, game. Yeah, that's a third period goal. <laughs> and I was just like, this this bastard. This yeah, that wasn't really much of a goal, though. Here. It was Glenn Denning no, putting I a rebound know. on a platter for him, and all he had to do was go to the net. But, yeah, I mean. I'm just, he seems lost this year, man. I, I just, I, I'm. How's that any different did, from last year? Well, my point is, I was dude. If I had a wife that hot, I'd be lost too. We did a uh, all the time. <laughs> we did a section uh, last week. Can we wait? Can we? Can we pause? Justin, will you actually agree with me on something and that he has a he very good-looking wife? wife. I almost guarantee. I have not seen his wife, but here, hang on, hang on. Now, hear me out. I know my friends. I, I haven't either. Hear me out. Uh, I know hockey players always get some smoking hot women, so I do not doubt you for a second. Um, we did a bit. Last week on Pucking Around about the league's 10 worst active contracts. And it included uh, three notable mentions, and none of them were Abdicator. And that's what surprised me. And that's why I brought him up because, you know, getting a chance to talk about him in that light where it's like this is a guy that he basically pulled the uh, the Bolesky, which is have one good season, have one good postseason, get that $5 million contract, and just coast. Yeah. And that's all Abdicator did. He literally had a hat trick once, and they were like, well, here's $5 million. I don't or agree. Or $4 million. I don't agree. What? You don't agree? I think his couple seasons playing on a line with Datsuk, Datsuk carried him to the 40 points that he put up or the 50, 45 points that he put up to earn that contract. And then when Datsuk was gone, Abdicator, stopped, Abdicator flushed himself down the toilet. Yeah. Either way, it's just... It just showed up. It was just a funny moment where it was like, "This guy sucks." Goal, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> like, I couldn't, I couldn't refute it. Okay, yeah. Uh, let's talk about a positive thing before we start winding down here. Start talking about predictions and what happened. Um, a positive thing that I that you pointed out in the pre-show, Lauren, and I mean, we all know what's happening. They're this team is ninth in the league in power play percentage right now. They're they're sitting on an average of scoring one one out of every four, and it feels like more than that. Yeah, like when you're watching these games, they their power play is smooth, it's efficient, it's effective, it uh, it doesn't make sense given the makeup of this team. Yeah, and I I don't understand how it is so that a team that has a complete dearth of talent beyond the top, we'll say three players, can construct two whole power play units that are mostly good. One's great and one's good mm-hmm. and be this effective with it. And, and the reason I say that is because this is a coaching staff that's not known for their skill. Yeah. Like this is not a great coaching staff. So what are they doing right that I'm not seeing? Cause it doesn't make sense to me because they can't do this when they, yeah, play I haven't, normally. I haven't figured that out quite yet. Like what they're actually doing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I, I don't know if it's the fact that there's one less player on the ice for the other team. I, I don't know how much that that is factoring in. If it was, every team would be at 25%. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's, what I, that's what I think as well. But they're just, I, I think that maybe those guys have just a little bit more, ment- more momentum and they just kind of go out there and they know we've got two minutes, we got to go hard for this two minutes, and we got to make whatever we can happen. I, I do have to say I like that a lot more. We're just like getting to the net. I've always been a proponent of shoot the puck at the net, get to the net. A dirty goal is still a goal. Yeah. As long as it's not above the crossbar, not interference, you're not kicking it in, a dirty goal is still a goal. So well, like Bertuzzi's the other night. I was going to say, Bert had that nasty, it's, He's playing slap. baseball, yeah. but <laughs> as, long as, it's below, drive, yeah. as long as it's below the crossbar, I'm all right with it. Yeah. So I think that's kind of maybe that's been sort of the, the ideas. Don't make it pretty, just make it happen. Okay. Justin, you know what? What have you seen from this team's power play that maybe you can break it down a little better or add some more to this conversation? Dan Bilesma. You think it's Bilesma? Um, well, not just Bilesma, but they brought him in because he had experience with some of the world's greatest players, i.e., Crosby and Malkin, and they have and probably still do. I haven't looked, but an amazing power play. I mean, those guys are you know some of the most talented players in the world. And Pittsburgh's um, power play is the same, twenty-five percent. Um, I think, like I said, they brought Bilesman in to be the assistant coach and to help with all things. But I mean, I think what he's really done is help with the power play. I mean, um, I think they brought Bilesman in to be the future head coach personally. Well, I, I'm not going to disagree with that at all, but, um, also kind of smiling like she agrees. Yeah. I, I, I haven't honestly put much thought into okay. our coaching. Go ahead. Finish your power play thoughts. I mean, you honestly, it doesn't matter who the coach is. You can't polish your turd at this point. But with the power play, they have been a lot better. Um, I, Ninth best in the league? I think, and you're, you're probably going to shoot me for this, but I think, and I really hate saying this, but I think Rasmussen's been a, been a good addition in front of the net there. Um, Why would I shoot you for that? That's accurate. Yeah. Huge body, you know, screens, yeah. and he's been kind of Johnny on the spot for a couple goals there. And then Chalowski, he just has this ability to get the puck to the net that – uh, none of your other defensemen have, maybe outside of Mike Green. I mean, I th- I think that's why he hasn't been sent down. Uh, well, they did say that there was going to be, there was going to be a young defenseman that makes the, makes the team. So even when everybody gets healthy, uh, I'm sorry, I'd rather have Chalowski over Jensen or you know, Crownwall. You mean or our whatever, saving grace you know. is that Erickson keeps getting hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Erickson and DeKaiser, they can't stay healthy. So I'm all right with that. I mean, but. but but no, Chalowski's done a really good job at the point on that power play. I mean, he's got, I think, of his eight or nine points, I think five of them are power play points. I mean, he yeah. just gets the puck to the net, and that's something that, I mean, how many times did the defenseman at the point or the, the, the lone defenseman have the puck and not get it through to the net, shot gets blocked, and, oh, here's a two-on-one the other way for the other team or something, or just a reset. So it's just, I think it's, you know, a combination of everything. And then, again, you brought Vanek back, and he's been a, a good addition on the power play as well. I mean, you know, he's... When he comes si- back, yeah. I mean, well, even when, I mean, yeah, he's been injured, but when he has played, he's been pretty effective on the power play. I mean, you know, these are guys that have... You know, and then you've got you know Larkin at the senior. You've got guys that have good hands and good playmaking abilities, and I think with the different you know, like I said, the Bilesman came in, changed probably changed a few schemes up and moved players around a little bit. And you know, again with the addition of Chalowski and Rasmussen on the power play, I think that uh, I think it helped a little bit. So 
Okay, what I'll say from my perspective, what I'm seeing is is their their second chances are higher than they've ever been in the last. I'm I'm almost going to say almost ten years. Their power play hasn't been good since Lidstrom left. So, and I think a lot of that has to do with uh, initial shot selection. I think Lidstrom was uh, probably the best all time at initial shot selection because he never he was never big on shooting to score. He was shooting to create goals mm-hmm. and. When you do that, I think, and that, excuse me, that seems to be what they're doing now is they're they're focused on getting second opportunities, getting third opportunities, and if possible, getting a fourth opportunity to try to create as much as they can. And it 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 wasn't there before. It certainly wasn't there last year. It hasn't been there in quite a long time. And it's honestly, to me, I, I said this last episode. I'm going to say this probably every episode if this continues. It to me is what I cling to in times like this, where it's like. When we're going four, eight, and two over a month, and that's a rough number to hear out loud, but you're still seeing a power play percentage clipping at twenty five percent, that tells me that at the core of this team, there is something that will work long term. And our our PK is very good as well. That's what I was going to segue into next, and then to go in conjunction with that, we have the eleventh best penalty kill in the league at eighty one point one percent. Like this team, special teams. So when you give them the chance to be skilled, to do the things that define a define a set of players based on their abilities they seem to do them very well they don't do it really well in full you know in uh regulation normal play but uh why am i blanking what's called strength. full strength even strength thank you wow that was dumb but they don't do that well but that's a lot of that can get muddled with the way that the way that player the way that uh strategies are today and the way that players are taught to literally just throw it in the corner fight your way out and then yeah. throw it to the center like there's never a play that there's not at least four players on unless it's wide open ice broad skating. But when it comes to penalty kills and power plays, if your team is thriving in both of those, to me, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's rooted in that. And if it is Bilesma, I hope he's able to take over and lead this team because Blaschel to me seems lost a lot of the time. And I know I defended him before, but he, his line combinations are not good. His reactions to lines not working out are even worse. And it doesn't seem like he knows how to manage his ice time very well. And Justin, you're smiling. Lauren, I've given you the lead on all these. Justin, it's your turn to take the lead on this. Before I go into, you know, making our predictions, what's your stance on Blashley? Do you think he's on his way out? Do you think he sticks it through this tough time or what? Oh, he's gone. I, I, I oh, think soon. I think as soon as Holland's gone, he's gone. So, so you're thinking two summers from now? I mean, what are you, what are you thinking? I, I mean, I don't know what his contract looks like, if you can pull that up for me. But I feel like if... For some reason, I mean, I don't want to – again, this is a podcast. We can speculate all we want. I mean, Eiserman basically quit on Tampa Bay. So if he can come back, I think I think, I think, think Blashell gets the boot. I think everybody – I think this fire sale, like organizational fire sale. That's what I think might happen. But if Bilesma there is there and in place, I feel like – I mean, that's one of Ken Holland's good moves. He hires Bilesma, so he's got another – um, another experienced coach back there who, you know, is essentially a failsafe. Um, and I think the reason he didn't pull the trigger on Blashill for the first 10 games was because all the defensemen were injured. I mean, we're playing, you know, f- there's four defensemen that were rookies to start the season. I mean, never played a game. So I, I just, Blashill's, and oh my God, I've got so much to say and my, it's just all a mumble jumble in my head right now, but Blashill's line combinations are the worst. I mean, why is Darren Helm on the first line? Can you can you answer that? I have no answer for that one. 
Uh, you have an answer for that? Nope. Uh, <laughs> you you proposed a question that none of us can answer. I, I it's just it's oh my goodness, it's baffling to me. It's just it's baffling to me. And then and then the first game you throw out you throw out Glenn Denning in overtime and st- or yeah in yeah in the overtime instead of Mantha. It's like what. What is this guy doing? Like, yeah, Glenn Denning is a great fourth liner. I'm not gonna. I I, I will. I, I have very few negative things to say about Glenn Denning, and all of them are his offensive offensive abilities. But he is. I mean, he's defensively solid. He's good on the dot, but he should not be out there in three on three overtime ever, 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 ever. And to answer your question, Blashell's in a contract year this year. Is he? Yeah. Yes. This okay. This is year three. He go. So you, you, okay, so here's the question though: Is he fired or is he just released? Um, I mean, you know this team construct as well as us. I think, I think unless they go on like another ridiculous losing streak, I think he's fine until the end of the year. I think he's just released. To be honest with you, because I do mean, disagree with any Red Wings don't just fire coaches. I that's what I agree with. Is if he's gone. He's gone at the end of the year. They're not going to... I don't see them firing him during season, mid-season, any of that. Um, I I don't know what he's doing, but I don't mind him as a coach. I, th- I think that... Really? Yeah. I'm not sure... I haven't been super confident in like his coaching team, and he hasn't had great support, and he really hasn't had a great team. So I... I don't agree with some of the stuff he does. Like some of the things Justin just said, yeah, I, I don't agree with. I don't agree with some of his line combinations, but also part of it too is like he's playing with what he's got. Mm-hmm. He was given Jonathan Erickson. He was giving Cronwall. He was given all these things that like contracts that Holland made that Blashill didn't make those contracts. So I, I think that it's a little bit more than just Blashill. Um, I don't know what, what they're going to do with him at the end of the year. Uh, Holland's loyalty tells me that he's going to give him a one or a two year contract. Um, so you're speculating they'd keep him. I speculate that Holland would be the one to keep him. If somebody else were to come in, like Steve Eiserman, he wouldn't keep him. He wouldn't keep him. We'll um, save that for next episode, by the way. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I I I know it's like like a sock a <laughs> shotgun and a silencer, but <laughs> we're also at 38 minutes and we need to do six games of previews real quick. Anybody else want to add anything to the rest of the show before I go into predictions? Uh, you're right. I, I I do I do agree with you. He's not given much, but I mean, I, I in in no world. I just saw somebody tweet. I think it was the Red Wings diehard. He said that there was a line. I didn't watch the game, but it was Mantha, Glenn Denning, and somebody. It was somebody else, and you're just like, what? Firk. Like, wasn't Furk on that line? Uh, I don't. Yeah, I, I no, I don't. I, I mean, ah, oh man, I don't remember here. I'll pull it up real quick. Um, it was it was Ab- Abdulkader Glendening Mantha. Oh yeah, yeah. Line, like okay, reading I, that line makes me smell garbage water. I, I exactly. I mean, there, there's no there's no excuse for it. It's like you have you have guys with skill. Use them. What I mean. Well, Mantha doesn't exa- hasn't exactly shown it this year. Oh no! Uh, to be fair, that's fine. He kind of deserves to be there. Uh, I mean, he's ju- he he. I, yeah. And we talked about it before. He's Franzen. He's 
He's when he's when he's when he's got confidence and when he's when he's scored a couple goals, he looks pretty good. But when he's in a slump, he's invisible. The Hemsky syndrome. Yeah, but the difference is, is Mantha doesn't have the clout of Franzen or Hemsky. Franzen Did built Franzen up really clout. ever have clout though? He had a couple good playoff yeah. games. Ask any Red Wings fan from 2008 yeah. to 2012. Like, they were all thought he was the greatest next coming of Christ when he would put up. Remember the time he scored like 15 goals against Colorado in that one series? Oh my God, it was amazing. That he was McCarty during that era, era where it's like dudes that are inexplicably loved despite a complete lack of, or not a complete, but a major, like a lack of talent. And, you know, Mantha, I don't think Mantha's, he's as inconsistent, but when his, his bursts are better to me. Like, Franzen had a lot of lucky goals and had a lot of talent around him. And Mantha's <laughs> making more out of less. So I agree. I think uh, if they can corral his inconsistency in and get him to play with more consistency, you'd probably have a better player. I just don't know if that's going to happen from what I've seen. He's so he's so polar opposite when he's off that it's, like, uncomfortable. That I can justify that line combination you just read, and I can go, yeah, that makes sense because he's not that good this year. Like right now, he's playing like complete garbage. So, yeah, you go down there with those boys. Go play defensive hockey for a while. Sorry. You don't get to play with your toys until you yep. start scoring. Like, I'm kind of on board with that. Yep. Um, but we've talked for 41 minutes. We got to do predictions here. We got to wrap this up. Uh, we will be recording next on Sunday, November 18th. Between now and then, there are six games to discuss. Three home, three away, which is an ironic, perfect split. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with Tuesday. November 6th, home at 7.30 p.m. against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, I'll say, I'll just do mine as I'm going through, and then you guys can give your predictions. I'll say that's probably a win. Vancouver's not that good. They don't have much goaltending talent. Uh, their scoring talent is good, but not great. Uh, that's probably like a 3-2 to two what kind of situation win, uh, probably in overtime because it'll be a garbage game. Uh, Friday the 9th at 7.30 p.m., Oh, cool. I get to watch all the games this week because I'm off Yay. Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, Friday the 9th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, home against the Rangers, which I think is another probable win. Yep. Like, the Rangers are really bad. Uh, so, 2-0 and at that point. Carolina, at Carolina, that's a loss. Carolina's too good at home. They have too much hype at home. They have their little celebration, which I really love. <laughs> and they, I, I, I trust them at home. So, that's, I'm going to say, a hard, like, loss in regulation. 2-1. and one. Uh, Home against Arizona on the 13th. At 7.30 p.m., probably an overtime loss uh, just because Arizona likes to win those games. Uh, so I'll say 2-1-1 at that point. Uh, at Ottawa, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a loss because that's on the 15th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a loss because it's Ottawa. Not because I think Detroit is worse than or better than Ottawa, but because it's Ottawa. Like the same way – I'm not going to go too far into it. I'll just say because it's Ottawa. Uh, and then at New Jersey is on the 17th at 1 p.m., day game. Uh, that I'm going to say that's a loss, too, because yeah. the Wings generally don't do good in day games. We don't show up. Except against Tampa, weirdly. Uh, so at that point, we're looking at 2-2-2. Two, two and two. So I'll start two, Yeah, 2-2-2 two, two and two is my prediction. Lauren, what do you say? Mm, that's what I was going to do. 2-2-2. Two, two, and two. Two, two and 2 So we got 2-2-2-2s. Two, two, two and twos. Justin, what this do you I say? This, I want to say, is our probably our best stretch of, like, Possible winnable games. Yeah, probably <laughs> for a like long time. These are like six very, they could be close games. Yeah, because then think. you look at the next set and it's, yeah. you got one and that's it. But Justin, what do you say? Yeah, this is, yeah, you're right. This is a very, very mediocre stretch of games here. And if you don't go 2-2-1, two, two and one, then 
two, two, and two, 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 and two, whatever. Um, I, yeah, um, I think I, I think you I think you lose lose against the Canucks because they they can score. Um, okay. There was a game the other day they beat Col- they beat Colorado seven to six. So um, wow, yeah, I you're, wish I would have watched that. You're game. not going to get into a shootout with the Canucks. Um, I mean, and not a literal shootout. Anyways, uh, I know so, what you mean. Uh, I think loss to the Canucks, and I think the Rangers are putrid. So I think they'll beat the Rangers. Um, I think you know, I think they'll they'll overtime lose to the Hurricanes. I think they'll come out a little stronger, and they might be a little embarrassed about their last performance against Carolina. So I'd like to see, I, I I see them coming out a little stronger and maybe making a game of it rather than the Carolina Hurricane show. Um, uh-huh. So I see an overtime loss there. Um, I think the Coyotes are still and always will be putrid. So I can I'll I'll, call, I'll go overtime win there. Um, something about the Senators, man. They just they've been they've been a lot better this because year too. It's Ottawa. Well, they've been I better this year thing. too, and somehow, some way. So yeah. I'll, I'll give the nod to the Senators there. Um, I think the Devils are going to spank you after they lost to you the first time. And yeah, that's uh. So you're I, at two two and two also. I think so. Something yeah. like that. That's that's not bad. I'm on board with that. Anything else to add before we wrap this up, boys and girls? No. Okay. Uh, if you liked our show, uh, I ask, as I do every week, please subscribe to us on SRD Hockey. Search us. We're on iTunes. We're on uh, TuneIn, Podbean, Stitcher, and Facebook. And now, because we hit five episodes last week, we're on Spotify. Uh, you can follow the brand on Twitter at SportsRadioDET. This show on Twitter at STW underscore SRD. Justin or me on Twitter at JM Pinkham, Justin on Twitter at GoalieManSRD, and Lauren on Twitter at Red Wings Lauren. Check out our website at sportsreadedetroit.com. Thank you, and we'll see you guys in two weeks. This has been an SRD production.